0: 5, mark mark your Bibles there, we'll reference a couple of other passages, but we will read several verses from this chapter as we go through uh, the message tonight. I want you to notice again Isaiah chapter 5 and verse number 5, the Bible says, and now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard, I will take away the hedge thereof. I don't know about you, but that's a frightening thought. God said of the nation, he said, I planted a vineyard. I expected grapes. I got wild grapes. I didn't get what I desired. I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't get what I asked for. And as a result, I'm going to take down the hedge about the vineyard, and I'm just going to let it be devoured. The only reason tonight America still stands is because of the protecting hand of God. There is no wall that can protect a nation when God judges a nation. I don't know about you, I I don't want to see my nation judged, I want to see my nation have revival. And from this chapter tonight I want to preach on the subject sins that destroy a nation. He names them. We're going to look at them tonight. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit as I preach tonight. Lord, as I prayed this afternoon, I thought in my mind as many of the children as I could think of, their names and faces as I watched them walk to put money in the church for the building fund. And my prayer today was, Lord, help them listen and understand what I'm preaching tonight. I thought of our young people, our teenagers, and I tried to think of as many of them, their faces, their names, our college students. Lord, we're only going to be here about 35 minutes. But Lord, it could be life-changing. We need to understand, Lord, it's not Congress that protects us, nor is it the military. It's righteousness that exalts a nation. And we're a part of that. And I pray that you'd help us to hear tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The purpose of the message tonight is not to just point out the sins that destroy a nation, but look at the opposite of those sins and to declare righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach. Sin brings destruction, but righteousness exalts a nation. That being said, the work of the church, the Bible preaching from the pulpit, the teaching of moms and dads to their children at home is of vital importance. Folks, we need to believe that book. We need to read that book. We need to obey the Word of God. In this chapter, Isaiah speaks of and he names the very sins... And the wickedness that has brought about the decision of God to judge the nation of Israel. If it is righteousness that exalts a nation, and it is sin that ruins a nation, we can, and sin that ruins a nation, we can learn from this list of things, things to avoid in our lives. Somehow we think that our lives don't matter. But if God was looking for one man in Ezekiel, certainly he sees this crowd here tonight. If God looked down at the whole world and it repented God that he had made man, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, he sees my life and he sees your life, he sees my home and he sees your home. We ought to desire to help our nation this week and exalt it living. A righteous life now this passage is an interesting passage of Scripture if you'll keep your place mark there and go to Matthew chapter 21 in Matthew chapter 21 Jesus is preaching here and Jesus tells a parable and when you read through this parable the Lord Jesus is certainly speaking Of the song that Isaiah has written and that he sings a song of judgment because of the sins of the people as recorded in Isaiah chapter 5 in Matthew chapter 21 look at verse number 33 here another parable there was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a winepress in it and built a tower and let it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. And when the time of his fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandman took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. Again he sent other servants, more than the first, And they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. When the Lord thereof of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? He goes on to talk about the judgment that he will bring for the wickedness that has been committed. This parable that the Lord Jesus gives, no doubt is coming from the book of Isaiah, uh, when the prophet talked about the nation as a vineyard. Can I tell you something tonight? God expects fruit. In our lives Galatians chapter 5 tells us that we're to walk in the spirit and we're to bear forth the fruit of the spirit in our lives are you listening to me tonight the fruit of the spirit is righteousness in our life righteousness exalts a nation sin is a reproach to any people the first sin listed is found in verses 8 through 10 and it is the sin of covetousness covetousness is not being satisfied with what one has or what one earns but desiring what another has now God addressed that in the very beginning as Moses gave the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20 and he tells us that we are not to covet what our neighbors have we live in such a rat race today because everybody finds something that's bigger and better and newer and shinier and we're always on the look for something that's better Don't misunderstand what the scripture says. We're supposed to work. We're supposed to provide for our family. But when we come to the place that we don't have time to serve God because we're chasing an American dream rather than living in the will of God, we're living in the sin of covetousness because we're not putting God first in our lives. Look at the scripture, if you will. It says in verse number 8, Woe unto them that join house to house and lay field to field, till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. In mine ears, said the Lord of hosts, of a truth, many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair, without inhabitant. Yea, ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and the seed of an homer shall yield an ephah. He is saying here that there are those uh, uh, that are wealthy, that live their lives uh, uh, to exploit the poor, uh, to take what they can so they can build a bigger mansion and a bigger mansion. I don't know about you, friend. I don't have time to take care of a mansion. I don't have time to take care of what God's blessed us with. There's a work to be done, and we're supposed to be putting God first in our life. In Matthew 6, the Bible says... Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. Thank God for the house you live in. Thank God for the automobile you drive. Thank God for the clothes you wear. I'm not preaching against having something new. I'm preaching against the fact of never being satisfied, never being thankful, never being happy for the goodness of God. I don't want to be a part of the attitude of this old world how terrible it is the covetousness that's driving uh, uh, not only frankfurt but driving washington dc and taking advantage of the poor i saw this week i saw this week it was in the it was in the news thursday or friday now i watched the debate on senate bill 120 Senate Bill 120 was the biggest expansion of gambling in Kentucky in a long, long time. Maybe the largest single uh, expansion of gambling. I'm going to tell you something. Gambling does nothing but take from the poor. Now, you go down there and watch, and, and here's what they said in their debate. Now, this don't have anything to do with expanding gambling. We're protecting jobs. That's what they said. Now, this week they announced rather than building a motel at Churchill Downs, they've scrapped that plan and they're going to build a bigger and better gaming parlor with a motel included. You know why? Because they're driven by covetousness. The wealthy want more wealth than they're taking from the poor. Now I want you to notice something here. Look at verse number 10. Look at verse number 9. In mine ears said the Lord of hosts of a truth, many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair, without inhabitant. Going to come a day, those mansions you're building from the money of the poor is going to be empty. Now I'm preaching tonight against covetousness. I'm preaching tonight God's people ought to be putting God first in their life. You don't have time to tell somebody about Jesus, you're too busy. You don't have time to attend church, you're too busy. You don't have time to get up in the morning and walk with God and read your Bible, you're too busy. And most of the time it is the covetousness of wanting something to the place that we put God aside. That's a sin that destroyed the nation of Israel. I'll give you the second one. Verses 11 through 17, he deals with the sin of drunkenness. Verses 11 through 17, he deals with the sin of drunkenness. Look at it. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, till wine inflame them. Look at me. Many of you are blessed. and have no idea what that's talking about. You grew up in a good home. You're in a good home. You don't have any idea what it's like to be around somebody that when they get up, they start drinking. My wife and I visited one of the biggest mansions in all of central Kentucky. Huge. On a horse farm. Here on the north side of Lexington. If I lived lived a house that big, I'd have a horse to ride from one end to the other. It's too far to walk. Big mansion. Big. How sad it was, a man that owned it, The man that lived in it, for breakfast, he began to drink every day. Every day. He drank until wine had inflamed him. Have you you noticed, maybe, maybe just me, have you noticed on social media folks saying, I'm three months sober, or six months sober, I'm a year sober. So, how many of you have seen that? Has anybody seen that? And when they post that, everybody cheers for them, and we should. And we should. But it's but it's ironic. There are folks that will cheer for them being sober, and then turn around and advertise the same thing, that they're cheering for them to overcome. Drunkenness. Listen to me now. It's not time to fix your hair and your fingernails. It's time to listen to me now. Drunkenness was a sin that destroyed the nation of Israel. The sin of drunkenness. God has always warned against drunkenness. Any preacher worth this salt now and again ought to clear off a piece of land and just stand and let everybody know what thus saith the Lord about alcohol. Now you listen to me. There's not one good thing in it. Marriages have been destroyed. Children have gone to bed hungry and hurting and broken hearted. Tears have been shed. The jails are full. People's lives are in danger. Law enforcement deal with the problems every day. Why? Because of the sorry alcohol. Beside those pictures of those beautiful pictures they try to portray of that rotten, uh, rotten fluid from the pits of hell. They ought to put the picture and they ought to let you smell of what that smells like after it's been in a man a few hours and you ought to go up on a few wrecks and smell the stench of the drunkenness. You ought to visit in some of the homes. You ought to go to the jail cells and preach on a Saturday morning and smell that filth after they've been there on Friday night. now, young people, listen to me. You ought to make a decision. You ought to decide. And you ought to decide for once and for all I'll never, never take one drink of liquor. I'll never take a drop of alcohol. I'm telling you, some point in time, you ought to get on your knees and say, God, I will make a vow to you. I'll never drink alcohol. I thank God for a daddy that warned me, threatened me, preached to me. Showed me what it looked like. Let me smell what it smelled like. And said, now son, you don't want to ever drink that stuff. God is always warned about drunkenness. Proverbs 20, verse number 1. Proverbs 23, verse number 29. Romans 13, verse number 13. The warning is repeated. The Old Testament and New Testament. I guess they're frustrated at so-called conservatives. That promote their whiskey and bourbon. God says, when judgment comes, well, look at verse number 14. Verse number 11 says, Till wine inflame them, verse 12. And the harp and the vial, the tabret, pipe, wine are in their feast, but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity. Because they have no knowledge. And their honorable men are famished, and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore hell hath enlarged herself, and opened her mouth without measure. And their glory, and their multitude, and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth, shall descend into it. And the mean man shall be brought down, and the mighty man shall be humbled. And the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment. And God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Then shall the lambs feed after their manner. And the waste places of the fat ones shall strangers eat. Let me tell you what the spiritual behavior is supposed to be. Ephesians 5.18, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is righteousness. Being filled with the Spirit is righteousness. You don't get filled with the Spirit by decision. You get filled with the Spirit by hunger. You get get filled with the Spirit by reading the Word of God. You get filled with the Spirit by hungering uh, uh, of the Spirit in time and prayer. He said, I'll pour water on him who's thirsty. He said, I'll pour floods upon the dry ground. There is not a single prayer. I have prayed more in this day, in this week, this month, this year, than the prayer, Lord, fill me with your spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the spirit of the Lord, saith the host. Righteousness <laughs> exalts a nation. Let me ask you a Christian, when's the last time you said, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Lord, fill me with your spirit. When you're filled with the spirit, it's easier to witness. When you're filled with the spirit, it's easy to give testimony for the Lord. The third sin he lists here is the sin of carelessness. Verses 18 and 19. Look at it. One, to them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity in sin and sin as it were with a cart rope that say let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it. Now they're mocking God here and they say and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come that we may know it. Carelessness. He's talking about a people that are bound by sin, addicted to sin. When I say addicted, not always talking about alcohol. I'm not all. Some folks can't quit playing their games long enough. To get a get a night's sleep. Go to church on Sunday morning. Some folks are just addicted to carelessness. You know, you don't read your Bible when you get time. You read your Bible on purpose. You, you, you don't go soul winning when you get an opportunity, you make opportunities. You, you, you don't walk with God by carelessness, you walk with God on purpose. Addicted to sins, addiction to sins abound in our day. Living life carefree, no schedules, no rules, no authorities, Careless. The name Holy One of Israel is used 25 times in the book of Isaiah. But these sinners, they had no care. They had no concern for the things of God. They wondered, well, are we going to go to church tonight or are we just going to sit around? Are we going to go to church Sunday morning or just stay at home? I'm sort of tired. I want to tell you tonight, God deserves you being in your place whether you're tired or rested on Sunday morning. These internet scoffers who openly criticize the men of God and we have many today that Sunday is nothing special to them. It's just another day in life. It's another another day at the beach or another day at the bar. We're not supposed to live careless lives. We're supposed to walk circumspectly. That's not just for the preacher. That's for every man and every woman. That's for every Christian. We are to live our lives on purpose and with a purpose, live by schedule and accomplish God's will in our life. Look at verse number 20. I don't have a long time to spend here but deception is a sin that brought destruction to Israel. Look at it. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. May I say, God has an order for morality. We live in a world that they just, they, 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 there's no borders, there's no lines, there's no restrictions, there's none. That's what destroyed the nation of Israel. They came to a place that they blurred. Every line. Moral standards were destroyed by new definition of sin. They used God's vocabulary, but they didn't use God's dictionary. I wonder today, is there anything that's, referred, that's considered a sin? Amos said, Seek the Lord, and ye shall live lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it and there be none to quench it in Bethel. Ye who turn judgment to wormwood and leave off righteousness in the earth. We're living in a day of double speak. A day of deception this kind of language brings about confusion and it makes it easy to deceive people and avoid a guilty conscience there's so much confusion today because of the media and the things that are popular folks you better be careful of following things that are fads and popular in this world we need to read this book every day know how God wants us to live, know what kind of attitude God wants us to have, to know what spirit God wants us to have. I tell you something that that I'm I'm concerned about. I I'm I'm hearing it every single day. We've we have confused conservative for Christian. Christian is not a is not a political label. Christian means I put my faith and trust in Christ for salvation. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I receive Christ as my personal Savior. I'm tired of this crowd that says, I'm running for office and I'm a conservative. Could you define that, please? Are you an immoral, booze-guzzling conservative? Because if you are, I'm not for that kind of a conservative. Well, I'm pro-life. Being pro-life doesn't make somebody a conservative. Anybody with any sense, saved or lost, ought to be pro-life. I mean, a lost man ought to know. Uh, you you go down here uh, to a, a cattle sale or a horse sale, uh, they know when life begins. They sell a cow, uh, they'll tell you this cow's with calf. You know what happens? The price goes up. And here's what they'll say: You get two for one here. They know when life begins. Don't act all sanctimonious because you're pro-life. Call yourself a conservative and promote the booze that's killing our teenagers and young people today. Alcohol-related, have I already finished this point on, evidently not, on alcohol. Alcohol Alcohol-related deaths, injuries, and sicknesses have spiked in the last year, up 16%, not just in America, but across the world. You know why? Politicians were saying, now don't you go to church. Don't you go to church. Don't you go to church. But by the way, the liquor store is still open. And Keeneland is still open. And the gambling center down here is still open. Alt- but don't you go to church now. You'll get sick. Sad in a day when they referred to law enforcement as a problem as, and the criminal as the one that has rights. It's sad when they teach the student that their opinion and viewpoint is more important than truth. And if you don't like what happened in history, just throw it away. They call abortion clinics health providers for women. They're places of murders. What they are? They're, they're no different than what, uh, uh, they're no different than what they did in Germany to the Jews over there. Uh, they're, they're no different at all. They call riots patriotic. They call a stand on the Constitution treason. My rights don't allow me to do wrong and break the laws of God. Righteousness exalts a nation. Exodus chapter 20, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The Bible says I'm not to make a graven image. The Bible says I'm not to take the name of the Lord in vain. You're not impressing anybody. You're making God mad every time you use God's name in vain. Shame on you. Honor thy father and mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. It's still in the book. has it been amended. has it been canceled by the cancel culture. It's still in there. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, and thou shalt not covet. All that's still in the book. Righteousness exalts a nation. Now, now, let me make something clear. It doesn't exalt a nation just to tell us what the sins of the world is. It exalts a nation when we live right. right. That's what I'm preaching for tonight. We're not supposed to live in the sin. We're supposed to live in righteousness. Let me give you the fifth thing. There are six. Verse 21 talks about pride. Isaiah 5 verse number 21 Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes And prudent in their own sight Instead of listening to God The leaders consult with one another And make decisions based on their own wisdom God said of that crowd in Romans chapter 1 verse number 22 Professing themselves to be wise They became fools The opposite of sin, of the sin of pride, is the righteousness of trust in God and the praising of his name. You know, we brag on young people when they have an athletic success or a financial success. We ignore a person's spiritual condition. Let's recognize the kids that are obedient to their mom and dad. Let, let, let's recognize the kids that are learning uh, Bible verses and memorizing scripture and learning good songs to sing. Let, let, let's brag on the kids that learning how to work. I tell our students, and I, I, I mean this, I, I'm, I'm impressed by young people that would give their life to prepare for ministry, and they, they, they go to school full-time, they work a full-time job, and then they work in ministry. Many, many folks came to know Christ in this this week and in this month just because of college students that ran their bus routes and worked to teach their classes and win people to Christ. And, and, And they've given themselves for God. Let's say hooray for a young person that doesn't drink. Let's say hooray for a young person that goes home at night, goes to bed and goes to sleep and gets up early in the morning and goes to work. Let's say hooray for them. I'm not against a fellow that can shoot a basketball or throw a football, but that's not a character. character is when a fellow will work and be obedient and obey this book right here. And then last of all, verses 20 through 22 through 25, the sin of injustice destroyed the nation of Israel. The sin of justice, the courts were corrupted. You know what they did? If you could give the judge a big enough bride, you were innocent. If you couldn't, you're guilty. The way they do it in our state, Supreme Court says seven to nothing, that's illegal, that's against the law. It's been against the law since the inception of our state. So they just change the law and make it legal. Preacher, you ain't over that. I ain't. I, I ain't about to get over it. I ain't even. I ain't even completely mad about it yet. Let alone getting over it. I'm the fella. It, 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 it's a strange thing. A drunk gets in trouble. He can't remember his address. He can remember my telephone number. I'm I'm the fella they call when they can't pay their bills and they can't pay their, and, and, and they can't buy groceries. They ought to go down there to Red Mile and have a place down there where they can go and say, hey, I, I lost all my money in here. Could y'all pay my rent? Look at verse number 20. These are the sins that destroyed a nation. Verse 22. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, a men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward, and take away the righteousness of, of the righteous from him. We'll use the righteous to get elected and then we'll get rid of them when we need to. Therefore as the fire devoureth the stubble and the flame consumeth the chaff so their root shall be as rottenness and their blossoms shall go up as dust because they've cast away the law of the Lord. They've despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, is the anger of the Lord kindled against his people, righteousness exalts a nation. Now, you can make a difference in America this week. If, 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 if God saw Noah and his family, he'll see your family in the morning when you pray. If God looked down and saw the wickedness of man, and if God, through the prophet Ezekiel, was looking for a man, surely he'll see you when you live a right kind of life this week. Let's make a difference in our nation this week. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the mercy and grace you've already extended our nation